Hey guys, it is your boy Jay to the Rail. Uh, coming to you a bit differently than I normally do. I have a better microphone set up right now. It's connected to my laptop and I'm also recording via my phone. Uh, so as, as you know, I am someone who constantly is trying to uh, find the different things and variables and aspects of my life in which I have control. And I'm trying to control those things to the best of my ability. Uh, there's a lot of other things that are outside my realm of control, um, that are outside any of our realms of control that we can tend to focus on and give all of our energy to. And when we do that, we miss the boat on taking care of our end of business, on taking care of uh, the things that we have control over, um, how we treat our fellow man, uh, how we treat ourselves, how we are intentional with the kind of parenting we do, the kind of things um, that we allow to permeate the, throughout through ourselves and through our families and through uh, the lives of anyone that we're blessed to touch or come in contact with on a daily basis. With that in mind, I want to talk to you about um, something that has always been a huge part of how I uh, continue to um, grow and uh, prosper and progress uh, through any season of life. Uh, I made a post on my, um, on my Instagram today and it was about um, finding joy uh, in pain. And um, it basically said at one point, um, I started it off with, um, I'm see if I can remember this. I don't want to misquote myself. You ever say something that was like super profound and you're like, well, where did that come from? <laughs> and then you try to repeat it and it doesn't come out as well as it did before. That's what I'm trying to avoid right now. Um, but it was, uh, it was more so uh, saying that the presence of joy does not mean that there is an exclusion of pain. Uh, and, and just in, in that same right, uh, the presence of pain does not mean there can be no joy. Uh, for, for one to exist does not mean that the other is, in, is, is absent, you know? It doesn't mean that it's not there or can't be there. Uh, the two can exist. The whole range of emotions that we feel, um, there's two things that that you can do with those emotions. Uh, you can let them serve to be a part of your downfall, a part of your destruction, um, a part of regression, a part of falling further down, uh, or you can let them serve to prosper you and progress you toward where it is that you are being called to be. Um, for me, this is, this is how I continue. This is how I move forward. Uh, not, uh, not by ignoring those emotions that I feel. I lean into those emotions that I feel, and I allow them to fuel everything that I do. Um, this this particular post uh, that you, if you follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is very simple. It's just Jarrell Adams. You know, no fancy names or anything. I, I, I used to do the, uh, you know, faith over fear fit. At you know, no, I just I just made it my name because that was just easier to uh, share with people. Um, and for them to remember. Uh, but if you if you follow me on Instagram, you saw the picture that, that went with that post, and it was a picture of myself holding um, my son Ezra Jude, um, a.k.a. EJ. Um, 
if you know about my journey, you know that uh, EJ had a very uh, short but very impactful uh, life. Uh, he was diagnosed with, with, with what was called, uh, with what is called anencephaly. And uh, basically what that means is uh, in early, 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 early stages of pregnancy, uh, the neurotube that forms and that eventually becomes the body, it's supposed to close at the top and that's what becomes the cranium and it houses the brain and the different parts. It's, it's, a, it's a critical part of development in the brain, the brain stem and the spinal cord. Uh, so with, with anencephaly, what happens is it didn't close all the way at the top, which meant that some critical parts of the brain, brain stem, did not develop for Ezra. So um, basic things that are needed uh, for cognitive function, such as breathing, uh, blinking, swallowing, uh, things like that, they, they were not something that uh, Ezra was blessed to have. Uh, and in keeping with that, um, we we decided to go through with uh, still having having him, and um, still you know having you know praying for you know a chance to even you know get to hold him uh, alive because seventy percent of the babies uh, that are that are born or that are diagnosed with this uh, anencephaly do not even come into this earth living; uh, they are stillborn. Uh, so we were just praying that we would get to, to meet him. We were praying and um, trying to find peace in whatever the outcome would be. Because, again, this is one of those things that we simply just do not have control over. And um, that's hard. That's hard to, to accept that you don't have control over something and to then have faith that uh, what will be is meant to be and to find the blessings within that. Uh, that's not easy to do. Sorry, some of you might be hearing my daughter yell. Um, yeah, I'm a dad, I have, I have three beautiful children still here on earth with me. Uh, one of which is my beautiful daughter, Mina, who you, again, will see all over my Instagram. Um, <laughs> she, she's a little fireball. She's got all the energy. She's already smarter than me and can melt me in two seconds, if, if even that long. Uh, but that being said, uh, please forgive me if you're hearing the yelling. Uh, but hey, I'm a stay-at-home dad. Uh, I work my business from home. So uh, you're going to hear some noise in the background, and that's just real. Uh, so, you know, kids are kids, man. Uh, but but I digress. Um, we were blessed to have Ezra come into this world breathing. Um, his eyes partially open, though I don't believe he could see. Uh, but we were blessed to have him and hold him. And the the nurse, the head nurse on our team, in all her years, had never been able to send one of these babies home to experience the love of the household um, ever. She had never been able to. And she was a nurse of almost 30 years. She had never been able to do this. Uh, but we were able to bring Ezra home. Um, and our family that were there were able to hold him, or able to embrace him, uh, able to show him love, and able to feel the love from him, uh, the warmth of his skin. Uh, they were able to see him, you know, have certain reflexes that they said he wouldn't even have. Um, a smile, a smirk every now and then. Uh, that, that sucking reflex that babies have, they said he wouldn't, but he did. Um, 
they were surprised that he was even living, let alone being able to bring him home. So, um, as you can see, I have no problem seeing the many blessings uh, that were afforded to us uh, in a very difficult time. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about being able to find joy in pain, joy in suffering. Uh, because none of us is excluded from feeling that pain, feeling that suffering. Um, but even after, even after having buried my own son, I still find joy. I don't, I don't remember him and feel devastation. I don't remember him and feel anger. Um, for the most part. I mean, sometimes, you know, I have times where I see other kids that are his age and I go, ah, you know. He'd be walking right about now, you know, or he'd be crawling right about now, or he'd be, you know, doing this right about, you know, I, I just, I do have those thoughts. Um, and it is, a, it is, it's a little sad. Yeah. You know, um, but ultimately having known that love and affection, having met that little boy and held him, uh, it really just lights and fuels a fire in me that really drives me even even more so toward where it is that God is calling me to be because that's how I get back to my boy you know you know I'm someone who's lost I've lost my father in tragedy you know and I've lost my my cousin who was more like my brother I lost him you know sudden you know heart attack at you know the age of 32 I'm 34 you know <laughs> You know, I've lost, I've, I've lost those people, and, and it, it, it's something that could, could serve to destroy me, yes. But it's knowing that I can be reunited with those people and how I live my own life. Um, I just imagine, you know, seeing the three of them welcome me. You know, as I finish my work here, welcome me and telling me, you know, well done. Telling me they're proud of me. That's, I mean, that, that's how it should be. You know, we connect to one another in every emotion that we feel. And it's how we connect that's critical. If we are going to progress, if we are going to prosper, if we are going to get closer to God, we must connect. If it is in anger, if it is in suffering, if it is in joy, if it is in sadness, sorrow, let that connection be one that results in progress toward where it is that we know we are capable of being. There needs to be progress. Do not waste these emotions that we're blessed to feel because they're so powerful. They're so profound and they're such a blessing. Even the anger, yes, even the negative emotions. Because as we all know, a negative can still lead to a positive, but we have to make it do that. And we do that by finding the blessings where they are and looking at the things we have control over and controlling those things well. So when I had that, you know, when I had that happen, I looked at things that I had in my control and, you know, I just saw, you know, we, we owe it to the people who are diagnosed with these prognosis that they have where no workout can improve what you do. I'm a health and wellness coach, so this is how I, this is the lens through which God has blessed me to see things and, and connect to him even more so is through health and wellness. Uh, so me being the coach that I am, 
I said, well, this is a blessing because people are having issues. People are enduring seasons of, of health uh, ailments and, and, and terminal diagnoses where there's no workout that can save them or improve anything. There is no food they could eat consistently that would change what is happening with their body. The same way for uh, our boy Ezra. There's nothing that uh, can be done. And yet they walk around and they enjoy life with, with a, a ferocity and a vigor that we've lost. That we are unaware of. Um, and that we take for granted. And so I said, I'm going to create a, you know, a group. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to coach people through how to appreciate the blessing of the opportunity to even improve your health and your wellness through working out, through nutrition. It's a blessing. And it's one we take for granted on a daily basis. We look at it as a chore. We look at it as, oh, God, I got to work out. I got to oh, I got to eat the salad. Oh, I got to eat healthy. I can't eat trash food back to back to back. Yeah, you do. And it's so awesome that it can improve your health. It can add years to your life. Like, do you know how much of a blessing that is? That's what that's what Ezra Strong is. That's what our that's what my current group is. That that's that's what it's about. And every day I remind myself of that. And I stoke those same flames that were ignited when that little boy came into my life. And that is such a blessing. So what suffering do you endure? currently what struggles are you having I encourage you to sift through all of the mess and find the blessing and then honor that blessing by how you move with intention in your life there is joy to be had in your suffering right now find it find it it's there you need only search all right that is all I have for today. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. And uh, hopefully this sound quality is good. Uh, let me know if this is a good change or not. Yeah, some of y'all are more well-versed than, than I at this. Uh, so let me know if you have any help, pointers or tips or anything. But I'm Jay Rell and I'm just a man amongst men. And uh, I appreciate being able to share with y'all, man. Peace.